Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kebab Karma. I sit here today alone and very isolated. Hashtag coronavirus! Uh, <laughs> so we are doing a remote gig today and today I have with me the beautiful, the quarantine, the germophobic Tabitha. Hello. Hello, everyone. I've washed my hands 20 times already today. How many times have you washed your hands? Zero. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag I live alone. Hashtag I haven't left the housing days. But I still wash my hands compulsively. How's it going? How's the fear gripping you? Um, I, well, my anxiety is normally pretty high anyway. So you can imagine the fun I've been having on my own at home with symptoms, in fact. <laughs> so I've been, wow. But working from home is a trip. I like can't go to the fucking gym, which is pissing me the fuck off. I am so aggy that I can't go to the gym. But luckily, I've started doing like remote sessions yeah. with my trainer. And I've had her. Um, <laughs> I paid for an Uber from the gym, which is in central London, to my house with two dumbbells and a stretch band in it. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Put them in the cab. Send them over to my house. My house? Send my them over house? to my house. Send them over to my house. Because um, I need I need to, I need to lift something. Wow. Because I'm getting angry. Uh, how is how is there being more money than 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 sense working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's brilliant. <laughs> Could you not use books, dude? <laughs> Do you need dumbbells? I will say, I like. This is so, like, I've never felt more manly. <laughs> Being, like, like the moment I got, like, angry because I, like, couldn't work out. And I was like, oh, oh. look at her. She's, got, she's, she's feeling anger. And, that, and, that, and just like that, it's gone. The manliness <laughs> is gone. gone. Ah, it's gone. <laughs> I got angry. I went, oh, she's feeling so feisty. And I was like, oh, okay, we're back. We're back. We are back to just business as usual. <laughs> So, I received a request from a listener. Ooh, our very first request. Mm -hmm. I mean, she does also happen to be a person that I know. But anyway, it was a request nevertheless. Okay. Um, and requested that you and I write our own pornos. That's a great request. <laughs> it is indeed. She says that she thinks we come from very different strata and that she would enjoy to hear, you know, our uh, creative license. Mm -hmm. um, so I pinged that to you and you said, that sounds like something you would do anyway. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, you I'm telling like you, I'm quitting work. <laughs> I think I found my calling. <laughs> you found it. This is what you were meant to do. Fifty Shades of Woo, because you know, I just—it was just flowing out of me. So <laughs> stay moist. <laughs> it was brilliant. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Good. So I'm gonna read your porno. So I have a few disclaimers for mine. Oh, mine is set in a fat pre-existing fantasy universe that I do not know very well, if at all. So I had to do some research for the characters because the characters are already written. So um, I, let's not call it fan fiction because I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's just fiction. It's just fiction set in a world that already it's already been written by someone else, someone far more talented. So I apologise in advance. Is it Lord of the Rings? It's not... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I said some. I said a fantasy world. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You do not know oh, Lord of the Rings. Up. I know Lord of the um, Rings. As discussed in our previous episode, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's not the Lord of the Rings. Um, although you just gave me a, an idea for my next novel. Okay. Um, do I have any disclaimers? Um, oh yes, one. There is a part in mine where one of the characters does not speak a language that is verbal. Okay. Or, well, it is verbal, but you can't read it. So just just go ham. Just make it up. Yes. Just just do whatever, okay. whatever you want, whatever comes to you in that moment. I shall. Just just go ham. Should we flip a coin as to who goes first? I'm happy to go first if you want. You want to go first? Yeah, okay. sure. Go ahead. Open it up. Right. So you're reading mine, which is called... I don't know if it has a title. Did I title it? It says Entrance Battleship 6, but I'm not sure that's the title. <laughs> I think that's just a setting. Uh, let's call it Star Prize Battleship Dick. Nope. It's very long. <laughs> very catchy. Uh, let's call it uh, Space Whores. Space Whores. Oh, that works. Space I'm force. sure it's been done, but it's easy. Go for it. Entrance Battleship 6. The first galactic expedition left Earth 1.4 light years ago in search of new planets to sustain life. Camera pans in on Elias Branston, young strapping commander whose job it is to test environments that may sustain carbon-based life forms. As you can tell, I was, I was really into the setting of this. He frowns, looking at the map before him. A vein of scarlet streamed across a map of azure blue, outlining the systems they'd identified in the last God knows how long. Solaria 7, Enoch's Prime, Zanibat X, but none of them could sustain life. Oh, it's already getting so hot. I can't stand it. Oh, oh the tension. Oh. <sighs> Elias sighed, a long, audible exhale enveloping his supple body. He yearned for action, for adventure, for anything out of them empty fucking planets and barren wasteland. Woo! Warning! Reactor core reaching critical temperature. Woo! Stop the cooling. Oh, this is the best quarantine activity ever. Elias ran his hands through his hair. Great. Just what he needed. Moving to the cockpit, he checked the ship's controls. He'd been so busy trying to ensure he kept up with the initiative schedule that he forgot to give his ship some TLC. Luckily, nothing was fried. He just needed to land for a couple of hours whilst the systems took a nap. But where was he? He'd never make it to his next schedule stop without some kind of system malfunction. He was far too far away. These are real things that you have to think about when you're in space. I bet, like, yes. If I'm in space, I'm like, God damn, girl, I need to make my schedule stops <laughs> because I'm trying to f find a place for more carbon-based life forms. Of course. You know, these, like, what, what am I going to do? With the, this is real drama. This is real tension. It's a real problem-solving job, you know, being in space. I'm not going to say better than Spielberg. Is he right? <laughs> He, he writes, I think, as well. Writer-director yeah. Steven Spielberg. I'm not going to say it's better than him, but, I mean, so far, he could never. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. He'd have to go off-piste. Scanning his navy pewter, he punched in the coordinates of the nearest planet. Bootang 69. But this was not <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Don't make me laugh. I'm try I tried to keep my cool. Bootang 69. <laughs> I couldn't resist to... being childish, you know. I know. 
This was not one of the pre-approved planets on his list of sanctioned operational areas. Checking his data logs, he swore under his breath. There was no data on this planet. And why would there be? He wasn't supposed to go there. So why would the initiative send him intel on a planet he was never supposed to see? He started his descent and set out a probe to test the atmosphere. The readings were clear. Suitable atmospheric conditions to allow a human to breathe with signs of intelligent life. See, I've thought of everything. He couldn't take the planet because if there was already intelligent life uh, yeah. on there because yeah. they didn't want to do genocide, yeah. you know, which is why the initiative didn't give him any data yeah. on it. It's well done. Yeah. I can't say the same for mine. It's not very well thought through, but you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> not that Elias planet on exiting his ship. He would likely just stay aboard until his system's called and he could be on his way. But protocol dictated he take no chances, especially when contact with foreign life form was on the cards. Descending from the planet's surface, he observed the terrain below him, more water than land. Identifying a suitable landing spot, he touched down and set a timer. Four hours, that was all he needed, and then he'd be back on his mission. No point wasting time with planets that were already taken, he supposed. From the cockpit when cocked. <laughs> I can't say cockpit. <laughs> cockpit. From the cockpit window. He could see the world around him, red light beaming from one of the planet's two suns cascading off the mountainous peaks and marine valleys littered the landscape. This world was beautiful. A thunk from the side of the ship caught his attention and Elias drew his weapon. Taking the military edition E77H in hand, he moved over to the loading bay, lowering one of the hatches so he could see through the window in the door without actually letting anyone in. Hello? He called wondering why on Earth, or wherever they were, he thought anything this far away from the Milky Way would speak English. A figure stood before him, unlike anything he'd ever seen. The creature was bipedal and broad, a deep shade of scarlet red, with what appeared to be a white frontal torso, neck and face, standing at about seven feet tall. The creature was huge and just continued to poke at his ship with what could only be described as its fins. Elias knocked on the window, separating himself from the creature and waved. Shocked at the sudden sound, the creature jumped, but after seeing Elias simply tilted his head and took a step closer towards the glass. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> That's what I hear when you speak Italian, oh, anyway. In case you couldn't tell, the alien is also a daddy. Just, just <laughs> yes. putting it out there. It's daddy alien. Elias put his hand up towards the glass as he observed the alien. A strong, shark-like jaw and well-defined abdominals. His eyes traveled further south. Well, damn. That he could work with. A prominent bulge jutted out of the loincloth, which was the only item of clothing worn by the creature. What practical function the cloth had, he didn't know. And quite frankly, he did not care. I didn't know how to make him wear some clothes because he's a fish. That's fine. So I was like, let's give him a loincloth and then tell the reader that I don't know why he's yeah. wearing it. <laughs> You saw that one. He'd been alone and isolated for too long. It was time to make contact. 
I come in peace, he murmured, unlocking the ship and descending towards the creature. The initiative had provided him with equipment for just this kind of eventuality. Side note, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think this is the eventuality they had in mind. <laughs> this is this is what we call a MacGuffin. So <laughs> You know, when, uh, like, everything's going one way and just one item would completely solve your completely nonsensical yes. plot. So you write it in just because otherwise you'd yes. be screwed. Yeah, that was me. I was like, <laughs> I, I need a way for these people to communicate. So let's, let's move on. Okay. The initiative had provided him with the equipment for just this kind of eventuality. He put on his earpiece, a sterling technological advancement made by the initiative scientist at Skalt. If he could have the creature say enough words, the computer would pick up on the vocal pattern and translate it into words he could understand and similarly modulate his responses. He circled the alien. Well, aren't you a sight so rise? you anemone here. The device was already working. <laughs> you see, you see how great technology is? <laughs> if you need a MacGuffin, write it in. This is sci-fi, bitch. This is how every single sci-fi movie works. What's it called? Um, Attack on Middle Earth. That happens, I'm sure, maybe. What's that one with Tom Cruise? Uh, War of Tomorrow. War of the World. Tomorrow to yeah, I'm sure this happened there, oh, no, too. Interstellar. Black Interstellar, hole. gravity. Yeah. Oh, gravity is shit. In, in, in all of them, in all of them, they had this magical ear MacGuffin and then fucked a space alien. Elias advanced and ran his hand over the alien skin. It was moist. Why did you have to put that word in? Just because I wanted you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It was moist and soft, covered in a thin layer of hair, almost like a seal. That's sexy. Gotcha, I was writing it and I was like, how the fuck do I <laughs> describe like soft, but like he's in the water, so he needs a bit of fur. And I was like, a seal. But sexy. But sexy. And if you don't know how to make something sound sexy, you can just write almost like this thing you're familiar with, dot, 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 but sexy. Yeah, it's a great way of doing it. The alien looked down at him. Me, Bronco, the machine in his ear translated. Well, Branco, his hands traveled down the alien's arms and down over his chest. Let me show you how we say hello, where I am from. And with that, he dropped to his knees, sliding his hands up the loincloth and pulling it down with one swift motion to reveal a long, girthy alien member. It looked pretty much like a human dick, only with black circular striations that stood out against his scarlet skin like a tattoo. You see, now this is because I was trying to think of, like, based on our previous yeah. episode, where we talked about oh yeah that are like dildos oh or alien dicks. I was looking at them and I was like, they just kind of look like human dicks, but with something a yeah. little bit different. And I'm not creative enough to think of what an alien dick looks like, nor the mechanics for how it would, you know, do anything. Yeah. So I just said... It's almost, almost like a human dick, but not because it's, it's an alien. It's got a ribbity ribbity for his pleasure. Yeah, exactly. ribbity for his pleasure. Branko granted him what could only be approval as Elias took the member in his mouth. Branko started off slow, 
for feeding Elias more and more of his large alien prick. For his part, Elias was so enamoured with his partner that he didn't notice the strong hands that came up to the side of his head and began controlling the tempo. It's a lovely word, tempo. Thanks. I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, what's it called? Uh, linguist. linguist. A cunning linguist. I'm a cunning linguist. Cunning linguist. Nice. I'm sure someone must have made that joke before. If they haven't, copyright it now. Elias removed his clothing whilst the alien fucked into his throat. A gooey, wet substance began secreting from the creature, likely because it had been out of the water for too long. And Elias had an idea. Wiping his hand across the alien, he used the moist substance to sleek his hole and turned himself away from Branco. So this is me trying to get around the problem that I don't know if lube exists in space. <laughs> there are only two other options. Uh, tears, because tears are nature's lube, but um, I didn't want to, I don't want to go down that route. Um, or, or spit, but like, you know, I don't know if aliens have spit, because he's a fish. Do fishes have spit? So I made it so the alien makes his own lube, which is also kind of gross, but you know, yeah. Nice. Yeah, another MacGuffin. Very handy. Put it in, he begged. He heard a translator machine provide instructions to the alien who proceeded to do just that. The Did you back? Dude, you put the word in again. The moist secretion made for extra lube. But with the size of the shaft that was entering him, Elias could barely breathe. The creature didn't seem to care and muttered soothing sounds in his ear, too low for the translator to pick up. Suddenly he began to thrust his hips forward with more abandon and Elias lost all control. Oh yeah, fuck me with your big alien dick! <laughs> I'm really glad I leave alone. I'm gonna take that snippet and use it as my ringtone. So I'm <laughs> saying that. I'm so glad also my mum doesn't listen to this and doesn't speak English. <laughs> the scarlet fish alien was fucking so good. All of a sudden, the creature let out a loud gurgle. Oh, hang on, hang on. <clears throat> <laughs> Next time I'm plowing someone, instead of shouting, this is for Japan, like I usually do when I finish, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> and Elias fell with inside, get coated with alien jizz. Branko slid out with a satisfied moan and watched with fascination as Elias brought himself to completion over the other man's face. Well, that was fun. My ship should be good to go now, but it was nice meeting you. Thank you for the sex. This is the part where you could tell that, like, I'd kind of run out of steam after the sex, and I was like, I just want to wrap it up. So, thank just him. Gotta go. Just, Thanks. Ooh, See you later. My Uber's here. So, thank you. It's been great. But I got to go. <laughs> you can tell I'm not a cuddler, can't you? <laughs> yes. Branko nodded and licked the other man. He guessed that was alien shark for goodbye. He watched as his sexy scarlet puff buddy put his loincloth back on and dove back into the water. He just hoped that all the alien cum inside him wasn't bad for his digestion. How does that fucking work? <laughs> I just wanted to end it on a line that was like both comedic and relatable. 
Like, you know, when sometimes when you're young, dumb, and full of cum, you're like, am I going to get something from this alien jizz? Like, and he doesn't know what it's going to, like, that alien jizz could be acidic to humans. He didn't know. He just Mm-mm. took a risk by fucking a scarlet fish monster. Yeah, that's true. And, and last time I fucked a scarlet fish monster, I was in the hospital for three and a half weeks and it laid eggs inside me. So oh. who knows if that's going to happen or not. So um, it's a legitimate concern, but I think Elias will be okay. Um, And who knows? Maybe there will be continuing adventures of Elias and the Scarlet Fish Monster. I think that would be fun because um, we could, uh, you could make him go to another planet. Oh yeah, it's like the the space hopping sexual adventures of Elias. Space fucks. Space fucks. God, what have I what have I done? Wow, thank you very much for making me say, oh yeah, fuck me. What was that? Fuck me hard alien? What was it? Me with your big alien big, dick. Big alien dick. Thank you for making me say that. You're for welcome. making me say the word moist twice. Twice. Thank you. I mean, once at the end of every episode is not enough for me. Uh, <laughs> so I will put it in every time I can. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> not hope for anything better. Thank you. Any comments, concerns? Um, <clears throat> a bit concerned about um, Branco. I mean, what if he wants more? What if he's married to a Branca ah. and he goes home and he's like, oh, <laughs> And, and she's like, <laughs> like, where have you been, you fuck? I can smell jizz. Um, well, I maybe he didn't get enough character development. Maybe the next one should be uh, the same story from Branko's perspective. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love those kind of stories. Yeah, it's a really easy way to produce lazy content. Okay, so... Uh, I hope you all enjoyed uh, Space Fucks episode one. Let me know if you if you want more. Uh, maybe we'll make this a, an ongoing series. I can't wait for you to read mine. Yeah, me too. Of course. So, guys, make sure to stay tuned for our next episode where I will be reading Tabitha's Treatment. It's sure to be scandalous. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at emrickbj where we will post snippets of upcoming episodes and... Until next time, stay moist.